It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, January 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is still like four in a row, Russ. I know. Four in it a row. It seemed impossible a while back, but it's possible. It did, and I think it's good for the team. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the end of World Juniors and so much more all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep track of all of our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Uh, Russ, as we predicted, Carter Hart did get the start in net for the Flyers. Uh, It was good to see him Mm -hmm. back out on the ice. And like we said, it was a perfect opportunity for him to, you know, get back out there because you didn't have to be at top form right off the bat. And sure enough, he wasn't. He was a little shaky at the beginning of the game. But I think by like late in the second period, he was really back on track. And, you know, the third period, he was fine. Yeah, he settled in. He didn't have too, too many shots. It was it was a good game for him to break back into. And um, that's the main thing. You want to get him back on track. Now he's back on track. The team's winning a little bit. So, you know, there's a little bit more confidence and, uh, you know, now you can see what they can do. Yeah. The uh, Flyers made a couple other transactions yesterday and uh, they brought Kiefer Bellows back up. He didn't play in the game, but uh, I I think, you know, if you're going to have somebody sit on the bench, he's as good as anybody. Um, I think if Ollie Lixell is back up, I want him in. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's fine. I mean, they had to scratch somebody. Uh, if I look at the list of suspects, um, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. And, you know, they've been rotating the defensemen pretty consistently. So Nick Sealer got back in and Justin Braun sat. That's fine. I thought Sealer had a couple of messed up plays in the game, but, you know, that's Nick Sealer. Yes. So. I think, you know, he does some good things. He does some not so good things. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is with him. He is at 35 games and another five games you will be cringing because he will have reached the 40 game mark, which I thought he would reach again this year. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. I think the other thing with the transactions, though, that was really important is that Felix Sandstrom was sent to Lehigh Valley on a conditioning assignment. And this is something that you in particular have been harping on all season long about using the conditioning assignment as a method to get somebody ice time and get ramped back up, especially for a goaltender. And uh, I think in this situation, it makes perfect sense because there's legitimacy to him needing the conditioning assignment. and it avoids waivers because Sandstrom right. would have had to go through waivers. And I don't think the Flyers wanted that. So I think that, you know, letting him get some starts for Lehigh Valley is on a conditioning assignment is the perfect scenario. But 
down the road, if Torts really likes Urson, they're not going to keep three goalies up up with the big club. So I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, that's tomorrow's problem. For for, okay, ne- fine. for now, I think that was the right move yes. to uh, to make to get Sandstrom some ice time if Urson was, is going to get the backup spots for now. That's fair. Uh, getting to the rest of the game itself, man, Flyers, six goals. Uh, they've got four goals or more in five consecutive games. You know, we keep talking about that three-goal threshold and, you know, that they had to get to when they weren't scoring. Well, now they're, they've gone past it and feel like yeah. we, we have a four-goal th- threshold here for them in terms of expectation of scoring. Totally understanding that this was not the good version of the Arizona Coyotes. We saw. No. They, they were a hot mess for most of the game. They were. But, you know, the one thing about the Flyers is that, you know, you're always going to get this effort out of them. And teams, if they're going to come in and sleepwalk like Arizona did, um, you're, you are going to get beat like that's, you know, that is going to happen. So, you know, it's good. This is a, a good little run for the Flyers. They have some confidence. Even the power play has a, a more confidence than it did. So even Kevin Hayes sure. got a goal, you know, so, you know, there, you know, you take those positives. Uh, I thought it was interesting though, today that, um, John Tortorella talked about the, uh, non-tanking aspect of the team and he, he put it on the coaches to, kind of say do better and you know this is where i think the flyers are going to be in dangerous ground because when this winning streak stops and they sort of level out again you know you are in that mushy middle and what's going to happen is they're going to let's say they're going to draft between like eight and ten they'll get a decent player they're not going to get a franchise level player um so you know the system will get better fine uh, they're not going to have a load of cap space. And then so you are going to have to hope. And this is where, you know, Torts is unwavering. But this is where I kind of question things a little. His hope of building this culture is going to really have to carry them far next year. Because, you know, if you're not tanking and trying to really clean up in this draft, then it's the challenge is going to be greater than uh, what was expected. Yeah, I think the true test for how that's going to play out will be trade deadline and what Chuck Fletcher can and can't do, you know, presuming it is Chuck Fletcher handling things at trade deadline. But I think that is going to be the make or break for this team going into next year in terms of Mm -hmm. what assets are they going to have available at this draft and what picks are they going to have? And, you know, are they going to be able to make good deals for guys that they may want to trade at deadline, but keep the the guys that are making good progress, the younger guys who are making good progress. And so, you know, that's, that's a management thing. I, I, I certainly don't blame. Because the coach doesn't towards, care about the future. No. He cares about the yeah. next couple of years. So they're going to probably cater to that. Yeah, I, I think they will. But I, I do think that goes hand in hand with having a, a strong set of assets going into the draft and making good deals at the deadline. Also of about this game, you're right about the power play. Two out of three, not too shabby, I got to say. No. And, uh, you know, the first one wasn't great, but the second unit actually looked pretty good out there. So it did. Um, I, I wasn't, you know, displeased overall with that one. And then, you know, they get a goal on the first shot in the second one, uh, about 30 seconds in. It was all within a minute of the start of mm-hmm. the power play for both of them. So that's real good. And like you said, Kevin Hayes got on the board 
Yeah, I think all those things were good. I mean, they were, you know, were finally rewarded for at least a little bit better power play. We'll see if they can, you know, keep carrying that through. Again, you know, there's things that you're, or at least that I'm looking for, for improvement on this team, and that's one of the big ones. So, you know, they took a step in that direction. Yeah, and they came so close to a penalty-free game, so we wouldn't have to talk about the penalty kill at all. But uh, they managed to to kill that one off, although, honestly, against this Yotes team that late in the game, it wasn't that difficult of a task, I would say. No, the interesting thing was, like, I, you know, I didn't think Jacob Chikrin uh, had a particularly good game. He's a minus two, and, you know, this is a guy that's trying to get traded, or presumably the team is trying to trade him, and... I don't know. Like, uh, you know, this is where you kind of wonder what he can do as a defenseman. Because, look, I, I heard a couple of years ago even the Flyers were interested in him because his dad yeah. played for the team and all of that. And, look, I in this crazy world of Chuck Fletcher, I can't tell you that they're not interested in him. I, I don't know either way for sure. But I'm just saying this is one where if all of them were watching, they didn't see a lot. I, I mean, it, it would have been a good opportunity to up his trade value. That's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, make him have a better chance of getting shipped out to somewhere he'd like to go. Uh, Certainly that was the case. Goaltending for Arizona was just dreadful. I've seen Fred Melka have some really great games. I could tell after the third goal. Like he was dousing himself with water. He's just played a lot of games. I, I think he was just spent. Yeah, but it, it was like really interesting how he would just go down and then the Flyers would shoot high and he wasn't yeah. able to to block anything. Uh, but, you know, uh, again, the Flyers took advantage of it and some and they didn't. Sure. You know, a, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago, they would not have taken advantage of a weak goaltender like that. They wouldn't have gotten the shots and or the shots on target, let's say. And now the shots are starting to be more on target. Yeah, I mean, in in 27 games, he's had to fend off, uh, you know, he's faced 923 shots. Oh, my God. Poor guy. It's a lot of shots, man. It's just a lot. All right. uh, We've got a lot more to talk about with this game and Flyers news, including the all-star selection for the team. And we will do that coming up next. Looking for a delicious treat? but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you, and where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've, I've got the thing for you. You got to try Built with Built. Healthy is actually tasty. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams in sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about offering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four box, four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. 
Make sure you check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Plus, you can get draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every team. Locked On NHL Prospects available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Russ, I want to keep talking about this game a little bit uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, we we didn't really talk about Travis Konechny, who is still on a scoring streak and has, uh, I I thought, had a a real solid game. He did. I mean, he was, you know, a catalyst. He was playing both ends of the ice really well. You know, he will be uh, the Flyers all-star now. Now I don't think it'll be card hard <coughs> since he got hurt. Oh, no, he is not. He is yeah. not. Okay. I didn't see the results. I'm just guessing. I know uh, you have the results. Yeah. No, he is not. It's Kevin Hayes. It's Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes is the designated Flyers all-star. I don't even understand. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm speechless because, and it's not a knock on Kevin Hayes. It's just he hasn't been a factor in weeks and weeks and weeks. I understand the point total, but Connecty's been a factor in every game this year, like especially from an engagement level. Like I don't get it. Well, to me, it, I would surmise that Kevin Hayes is one of three players they could have sent. Right? It's him. It's Connecty. It's Carter Hart. Those are your three options. Right? right? Travis Konechny has a young child and might want to stay home. But that didn't make them choose him or not choose him. He could have been chosen and then he could say, I'm not going to go. But that's not why he wasn't chosen. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it's it's a really interesting choice. Um, I think it'll be fun, actually, because he's friends with so many of the guys on other teams. That mm-hmm. I think it'll be a good experience and, and oh, definitely. But I'm just saying he's not the best flyer. That's no. All. I think it's Travis Konechny. I think he's the guy that should have gone. Um, but you can still vote for Travis Konechny. They have the uh, oh yeah Twitter for the vote. last guy standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. I mean, I think people should vote for him because he really is worthy. Yeah, I think so too. That if you're gonna put a vote out there for another flyer, I, I would pick Travis Konechny. That's for sure. Uh, I also want to talk about Cam York uh, back up on the top pairing. Uh, he did get a you know slightly less ice time due to the power play unit usage, yeah. but I, I do think that he he played all right. I think again it's like not a standout game, but he played a solid game. Yeah, I thought he was okay. I think you know he um, he's he fits well enough with Provorov that you could do it. I don't know if he's going to excel offensively at that spot. That's the problem. I think if you had him as a second pairing guy, you might see a lot better offensive uh, production because it's a lot different playing, you know, top pairing than second pairing. Yeah, although it did, it did in this case give Provorov a little bit more chance to step up offensively than he normally would, and he got a goal out of it. Okay, but to be fair. I don't really care what Provorov gets point wise. Like I don't. York okay. is more important to this team. No, you know what I mean. Like it's no, just I, not I important. Do. Yeah, York's more important to the offense of this team. York is never going to be the number one. Provorov is a decent number one. He's never going to be a a terrific offensive defenseman because he's a better all around defenseman. But York has a chance to be a really good offensive defenseman. So I want to kind of start, you know, feeding him with those points but the matchups are going to be 
a lot harder on, on that top pair. That's that's my issue. Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. I, I just think that uh, as far as Cam York goes in this game and his development and him sticking with the Flyers, I think this was a solid game for him that kind of changed the dynamic of that top pairing a little bit. You know, overall. it has. There's, there's no question. He, um, you know, he has three points in five games up there. Um, but on the season, he's only got six shots. And you do want Cam York to be able to score some goals. He's not really getting in position for that enough. Looking forward to seeing what he can do against some of the tougher teams that the Flyers have on deck over the next little bit. Uh, also good to see Wade Allison get on the board in yes. this one. Um, he had a great follow-up on his own play. And and that's the kind of thing that he does, right? And we've talked about this mm -hmm. before and why when he was out injured, I missed him so much because he's not a circle and skate away guy. He's a follow-up on his own play guy. And uh, I really appreciate that, that about him. And he got rewarded in it. He did. Um, you know, there's a certain greasiness to him, hardworking um, blue collar ethic, work ethic that, you know, that all teams need. You need guys like this. He's got a little bit of size. He's got some hustle. He's not the greatest skater, but when he hustles, he can move down the ice. And yeah, I think, you know, he is really a valuable guy to have. Any other notes on this game? Uh, I, I didn't love the game by Owen Tippett. I know he got an assist. I felt like he, um, he struggled offensively, you know, a little bit and he definitely struggled defensively. Um, but you know, it's going to happen. It's just, I would have thought in a game like this, you know, he would have had a chance to shine, you know, Farabee looked good. He's slowly, uh, getting better. I don't think he's back to where he was, but he is slowly getting better. So, um, there's something to be said about that. Indeed. Well, uh, the next couple of games is a back-to-back -back against Toronto and Buffalo, which is going to be Oof. tough, tough competition. We're actually going to talk about that a little bit more on a special Sunday episode of the show because of our schedules and whatnot. We're going to put out yep. an episode on Sunday and then we'll be back on Tuesday. So uh, check your feeds as those episodes are available. Uh, the World Juniors ended in dramatic fashion in both medal games. It really uh, did. And, uh, you know, huge moments. I think overall, one of the best World Juniors I can remember in years. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. We will talk all about that coming up next. Russ, uh, I don't even know what to say. I'm exhausted just by yeah. the metal games of... It was chaotic. It was absolute madness. And uh, we had two overtime games. Uh, Team USA wins over Sweden 8-7 to seven for the bronze medal. Uh, I mean, Emberico ends up being the guy that gets in the medal. It's funny. It's like they went with Augustine yeah. all this way, and then he was pretty mediocre i mean he gave up five goals kind of quick um but it didn't matter Lindbaum gave up tons of goals too like yeah he, you this know, was so... a no defense game this is this yeah. was just like everything was chaos everything was on the fly and i think they just were like this is our last game of the tournament defensive structure be damned we're gonna just try and score some goals well definitely defensive structure be damned um the couple of things even though um Karagache 
did have some goals. I didn't like what I was seeing on defense and I didn't feel like he was playing physical at all. And, you know, these are some things if he's going to want to come out at the end of the year and try and play in the NHL, especially for John Tortorella, he's going to need to work on these things. I mean, it was funny too, because I felt like he shot himself out for a while. Like all of a sudden he was getting a little tired because they were setting him up so much for the shot, but then he rebounded a little bit on that. Yeah, they were setting him up a lot to try and get one. And he finally did. And it was a gorgeous shot. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and that is, you know, what he does best when he's on. Yes. Right. So he just, has, oh, yeah. he just has to be on more in situations like this. And hopefully, you know, going back to college and rotating back to center he'll he'll be more comfortable honestly and and he can get back to the highest level of his game that he's had there uh, i think that you know for this team it makes sense to put him on wing but i think ultimately given the kind of tournament he had where it was fine but not good or great i would say um yeah. that i think settling back into the college game will be helpful for him it will. It will. There's there's no doubt. Um, I was happy for Chaz Lucius. I mean, oh, he had um, been getting better and better. Yeah, he he's listen. He's a really good player, man. He's got some moves. He um, he's exciting in open ice. I like the fact that um, they caught on Mike before they named the best U.S. player. And the guys were like, well, it's Chaz. It's Chaz is the best player. And, you know, and that's nice that they acknowledge that. I think Luke Hughes was kind of interesting because I liked when he scored the goal and said, you know, we're not going to lose. It it didn't hold for long. so <laughs> No, it did not. There was a um, lot of blown leads in that game. Yeah. And again, I didn't like what I was seeing out of him on the defensive end. That said, hey, getting a silver was good. Um, I did get that part right. I had the U.S., U.S. getting the bronze, sorry, like yeah. they did. Canada winning. I had Finland getting the silver. So I got two out of three, which which isn't bad. Um, you know, in the other game, I don't know if you noticed this guy, David Juracek, but... Who? As the, yeah, as the tournament went on, he, he was starting to look like a world beater. And, and this is what we were talking about. It wasn't just like he's just a defenseman. He's a defenseman that could also take over a game offensively with his size and speed and, and get in on the rush. And he almost put that game away. Man, it was so heartbreaking for Czechia to lose in yeah. overtime, especially, you know, they were down two to nothing. They come back in the third period to tie it up on a couple of really nice goals and uh, that did not get called for goaltender interference. No, and I thought and, Kulich had a chance to win it in yeah, overtime too. He did. He, he really turned on the Jets. He had a great game. Sabres fans should be thrilled about that. But at least this is, hey, look, this is the first medal since 01, right? So yep. this is a big deal for them. A silver is a big deal for them. Uh, they certainly, again, it's a head scratcher why um, the Canadians did not let Yaroslavkovsky go. I mean, Basically, they're, he's playing fourth line for them. Uh, you couldn't let this kid go and try and win a gold medal for his country and see if that sparks his game, too. That was really a bad move by the, uh, the Canadians. I, I still am not happy about that. Yeah, I think it really could have done Slovakia a, a lot of good to have him out there. And, uh, you know, they had some all-tournament 
uh, voting and the tournament named David Yerichek, who we just talked about, the top defenseman, Connor Bedard, of course, the top forward, Adam Gajan from Slovakia as the top yeah. goaltender. That was a little bit of a, a surprise to me. A surprise, but he was good. He was good. Yeah, I thought Sukunik would, would get it. I thought he would too. Uh, but he was voted the top goaltender by the media at the tournament, so kind of a split there. Uh, Coolidge got, uh, was one of the top forwards, Logan Cooley, um, Connor Bedard is the MVP of the tournament and, uh, didn't set the record though. Right. I don't think he set the record. Uh, I, I thought, uh, I think he did in a single world junior, but not overall. Yeah. For the Canadians, like he broke broke Lindros's record, but not the overall Forsberg record. Right. I think that's yeah. how it went down. But uh, and I did want to point this out to people, and I'll point it out on this show too. Um, this isn't to take away from Connor Bedard because he's still the best guy in the draft, but uh, just because if you look at uh, Connor McDavid and say, "Oh, well, he you know he had 15 points in 14 games," and look at all the points Bedard's got, Connor McDavid also had to face Russia, and not facing Russia in two consecutive World Juniors is a big deal. They usually are a factor, so. All that said, yes, Bedard was still really great. I did have to take some of the points with a little bit of a grain of salt. And in this game, he wasn't as big of a factor. No. Really, the last two games, he was not as big of a factor as he was the last two before that. No, Czechia did a great job at stopping Bedard. Um, they played they really well defensively overall. Considering how prolific Canada has been scoring-wise to hold them you know, to – two goals in regulation. I mean, that was huge. It was. Hey, listen, all hats off to Czechia. They, even though we don't like to talk about moral victories and they did huge get a moral medal, victory. It's a huge moral victory for them. Tying that game and putting it in overtime probably ignited that country. Yeah. Jake Voracek was tweeting about it during the game. Yeah. See, there you so, go. Um, good to see him. Uh, out there but he was definitely nervous but also proud of the team so love he should be love that to is see a that. proud moment yeah. yeah it's awesome yeah uh just as a side note you know they always play relegation games at the end and uh, so unfortunately austria will not be in the tournament next go round because latvia won the relegation series and i think that's the yeah, right latvia is better they are yeah, they're better. so that that was you know the right outcome austria there. had a couple of really good players like you know we talked about and both could be first first rounders but in the end latvia had the better all-around team and they were they were pretty chippy like they yeah. weren't easy to beat that's true and uh norway will be joining the fray next year they're back up they won the second tier uh division so uh, it'll be good to see them back matt, matt zuccarello will uh, be tweeting about that <laughs> when, when they're in it yeah it's always been this weird thing with norway that like sweden and finland are top hockey powers and norway like they're just skiing that's all they're doing it's like cross-country they, they skiing. win everything yeah. they win everything in skiing but hockey yeah. not so much i don't have an answer for that I really don't. It's really interesting how that is. But uh, uh, for our fun thing, we've got Cutter Gautier's uh, slap shot goal or one timer, I should say. One timer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, just a, a gorgeous goal for him. So hopefully In that. The upper corner that, is sweet. Yeah. Hopefully that helps him end the tournament on a good note. Uh, just like we 
want to end our show on a good note, hence using that goal. Uh, So like I said, we are going to be back on Sunday where we will talk about the Leafs game that will be happening on Sunday. We'll talk a little bit of Sabres and then we will be back again on Tuesday. As well, I do want to say we're we're going to be talking about some of the um, Flyers' younger players oh, yeah. where they sort of stand right now. Um, I don't know if you noticed, Rachel. I did get a laugh out of it that the Flyers skewed a stat in that game. They said with players twenty three and under since December eleventh, they're the number one team. Oh in my the god, NHL. I hate stuff like that. I, I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> yes, it's like on Tuesdays when the weather is fifty <laughs> degrees or young or colder. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, uh, if you want to ask us questions and, uh, you know, make us laugh, uh, you can send them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. For your next one, check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's a daily show covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody.